Thanks for tuning in. This week, we will be discussing the stress of climate change, America's political shenanigans, Mm -hmm. Black celebrity drama, the tragedy that has been this Black History Month. I want my money back. Thank you. A refund, please. (laughs) Um, And a few things that we're looking forward to. But before all of that, I just want to start with a quick 60-second story that happened to me this week. So. I'm walking. Okay, so boom. <laughs> so boom. Right. I'm walking to class and I'm already late. I've already missed my first class. And in front of me is this woman walking super fast with a suitcase. She looks like she's on her way to work or something. And as I catch up to her, she asks me if I can spare any change. And I kind of just brush it off. I'm like, no, sorry, I don't have any change. Like, I'm trying to get to class. But then I felt bad because it was a black woman. And I'm like, if I'm writing for black women, I can't just, you know, deny the ones that need change because I'm on you know, in a rush. Right. So I turn around to give her some money and she has already crossed the street. So I'm like, great. I cross the street, go catch up with her. Cause at this point I'm like, wow, I actually have to help her. I can't just keep walking. That would be really rude. <laughs> um, so I see her and I'm like, sorry, like I don't have any change, but I can give you a dollar. And she looks at me and she's like, um, so you don't have like a five or a 10 or a 20 or something. <laughs> Wow. Wow. I actively did have a five or a 10, but I just, I'm not rich enough to just be dispersing cash like that. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Bitch, do you have a five or a 10? No. So (laughs) I'm not required to give that shit to you. Get the fuck out of here. You asked me for change. So you really escalated. You know what I'm saying? From Mm -hmm. like, I have a quarter to like, can I have $20? Um, Ma'am. So I gave her the dollar because that's literally what I could afford to give at that time. Um, And I went to class, but I was very shook. Yeah. I mean, that's very ungrateful, (laughs) you know, because she could have also had nothing. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm so confused as to why people behave like that. She's acting like she, because I was just in the bank and like, they have this new feature on the Bank of America kiosk where they can, they ask you like, like, how would you like to accept your money? And like, what denominations would you like to accept it? And you can like choose how many ones how many fives it seemed like she thought that you were a freaking atm yeah she wanted to she wanted to take her charity in the desired denomination like yeah she wanted to take it how she how she wanted it so it uh, really made me think of the time i was with one of my friends in high school and we were on the train probably like going home or something and this woman was asking for money and my friend was like oh sorry i don't have any money but i do have an unlimited marta card which I feel like is valuable. You know, you can get on the train mm-hmm. for free. And the woman literally was like, I don't want that shit. No, <laughs> no. Yeah. Is Marta that bad? I mean, <laughs> on Marta when she asked us for money. So it's like, right. it that bad. I couldn't imagine like denying a New York City MTA card. That's gold. Right. It's <laughs> cash, but. Right. That's that. Um, okay. Well, so. I am grateful. Right. <laughs> What in the world is going on, Addie? What in the world? Yo, some crazy shit. And, you know, I'm happy that we got to touch base um, in t- before Black History Month ends because there's been a lot of shit that's gone down this February. There has been. Um, <laughs> we still have the presidential race for 2020 starting years too early. Um, mm-hmm. Recently, Kamala Harris has stirred some feathers because she went on to the Breakfast Club and admitted that when she was in college, she smoked weed. She said she didn't mm. know, um, you know, because she's Jamaican. A lot of her family's Jamaican. Um, <laughs> and that 
she also listened to Tupac and Snoop um, while she was smoking weed. But there was, you know, some a lack of clarity around whether or not she was saying she smoked weed in college and listened to Tupac and Snoop at the same time, because that would literally have been impossible because Tupac <laughs> were not out in the 1980s when she was in college. Um, right. But apparently, like, Charlemagne asked her a question as she was already answering the question about smoking weed, so she might not have been saying that. But that didn't matter because... Twitter got very upset at her and they were dragging mm-hmm. her for being a liar and pandering to black America by saying she listened to rap music and smoking weed. And Jamaicans were upset because they were like, that's stereotypical to say smoke weed. <laughs> but is it wrong? <laughs> right. right. Everyone smokes weed, first of all. At this point, it's literally 2019. It is legal Basically. in a couple of states. It's, it's, <laughs> so. I, I, I don't know if there's even like any negative associations with it anymore. Like what? Obama <laughs> even said he smoked weed and he was a black candidate. Yes. Like, the admitted to it. with this young lady, though, is that she was sending people to jail for, for marijuana <laughs> when she was a prosecutor. So a um, yeah. little yeah. bit strange conflict of interest but i don't think people are doing a little bit too much because Mm -hmm. apparently there was another photo that came out of her eating like soul food and she was putting hot sauce on it and someone posted it and was like she's pandering to black america doing the same thing that white people like hillary clinton did and it's like okay we don't have to like her but maybe she literally (laughs) uses hot sauce because that's what we do to add flavor and maybe greens because black people eat greens like right but who put like where was the photo posted is my question because if it was like maybe someone just spotted her you know eating casually minding her business or was it like a stage paparazzi photo you know what i mean because those things do matter she didn't post it Mm. the person i saw who posted it first was like a I think it was like a reporter or something. Like it wasn't even it wasn't mm. her campaign official or anything. Like she wasn't like every time I eat, I eat greens, cornbread with a little bit of hot sauce. Like, right there we go. That's when you're annoying. So it was like she was literally mm-hmm. eating, and people were you know dragging her. Um, there are so many things mm. to drag this woman for <laughs> that it's like this test about her blackness is just getting to be a little bit too much. Um, yeah. I think honestly though, I think the wiggle she did to the Cardi B song. Yeah, no, that's did, crazy. Did her in the wiggle. <laughs> the wiggle was a, the wiggle. was a little off putting. Yeah, yeah. But you know, um, I I don't doubt her blackness. She's obviously black. Right. You know, she might be authentic um, in a bunch mm-hmm. of ways, but and maybe yeah. playing up to stereotypes. Right. That's possibly true. Right. But I do think, like you said, people are doing a lot. Yeah. Yeah. All right, what else is going on? Well, uh, Robert Kelly, (laughs) uh, half of y'all's faves, (laughs) because clearly people still think he's innocent. Um, He's finally going to uh, prison. Well, he's finally going to court. (laughs) He's finally going to court. Let's, you know, we don't know about if he's actually going to land where he's supposed to. Uh, So he's been brought up on 10 counts of aggravated sexual assault at least three with minors, and he faces up to 70 years. Um, the celebrity lawyer that... Huh? Count 70. 70, 70. yes. Oh, 70, 70. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, love it. Yeah, which is like, you know, I think about appropriate considering he's been getting away with it for about 30. Yeah. So, um, yeah, seems appropriate. 
um, the celebrity lawyer that's representing the defendants attained a new freaking video because this was like what we had gotten um, as far as like what how they were able to proceed of uh, Mr. Kelly um, having sex with uh, a 14 year old girl. Um, and this is a different one than the one that we heard about decades ago. Um, and he said that in the video, R. Kelly had the girl refer to her age multiple times. And the video's 40 minutes long. Um, and in the video, uh, the girl was giving him oral sex, vaginal sex, and anal sex. And and then R. Kelly urinates on the girl. And at one point, uh, the girl is instructed to watch a, por- a pornographic video on screen, which depicts... Um, which depicts uh, Robert as a, uh, sorry, with another woman, another young woman having sex. And so uh, pretty much, you know, there's been all of the accusations for R. Kelly have spanned between 1998 to 2010. Uh, Three of the victims that are, I think, coming to testify on the trial are between the ages of, were between the ages of 13 and 16 at the time of the events. Um, And then we also have, um, once they say, uh, Mr. Kelly, uh, is accused of a ejac- of accused of ejaculating on one victim identified by the initials LC by a forcible encounter, um, in an attempted criminal sexual assault. And a court document said she reported this offense to law enforcement officials within two years of its occurrence. And finally, um, the prosecutor said that Mr. Kelly had oral sex and intercourse with, uh, three, three victims, all who were Way too, uh, way too young to consent. So he is in for a fucking ride. Um, and yeah, my sources there also were uh, New York Times. I just wanted to. Not this time. That's sources. Uh, so yeah, so you know, um, I have to say allegedly since we're on the record, but we all know what it is. <laughs> um, that nigga did it allegedly. Did it. Allegedly. <laughs> um. So, so it's time for him to go. Before we, you know, go into our analysis of the situation, I just want to say that little Duval's response to all of this on Twitter oh was, God. I Man. told R. Kelly, dumbass, he should have just left the country. Mm-hmm. So not, I told R. Kelly, dumbass, he shouldn't have raped those girls. But, right. you know, and to stop right. assaulting these children. But that right. he should be fleeing the country um, so that he doesn't face consequence for his crimes. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how black men feel about the situation, right? So, I think I think I think R. Kelly has lived. I think he's lived enough of a life that he should just be put away. Like, I have no, I feel no empathy for him, just as I felt no empathy for um, Bill Cosby. Yep, you live full thorough lives, and you've and and, and in living your lives, you ruin so many. Mm-hmm. And so the only place for you is uh, a dungeon, hopefully reminiscent of the place that you kept those girls. Yep, and you know, after reading Just Mercy, which is Brian Stevenson's book about you know basically having compassion for people, and you know mm-hmm. not believing in prisons, and you know I want to. I want to be on that train, but then I hear about people like R. Kelly and I'm like, honestly, Basically. I feel like these victims should be able to seek justice in whatever way they want without punishment. So if Agreed. the legal way to go about this is putting him in prison for the rest of his life, then that mm-hmm. that is literally like, you know, a godsend for him because what he really right. deserves is far worse. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's really the alternative here? You know, I mean, 
truly only God could really do the final judgment. But as far as like that, that like that man is actively a danger to society. And right. as far as like my concern about like per, the prison system, there has to be a lot reformed. Um, it's an inherently racist system. And so it should, it should probably be just overturned and reconstructed. But um, I don't think that they're, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable knowing a nigga like R. Kelly was just like out and about. Out and about. <laughs> You know, and there's a lot of him, you know, out there. So I, I would prefer if they are somewhere um, locked away <laughs> and, uh, or um, locked away and, and, and receiving treatment, you know, um, for whatever issues they have and they need to resolve because, we have the money in this country yeah. to actually help people. That's true. So we, we should probably start using it so that we can create productive right. uh, members of society. And, you know, his kid has to answer for his crime. So there's, there's no, there's no like place in my mind where he, where he would redeem himself enough to get out of prison before he dies. No, <laughs> but I don't see it. He doesn't even yeah. acknowledge that what he's doing is an issue. Exactly. It'd be one thing. There we go. It'd be one thing if you at least had come to terms with it, because I, I ultimately the I think the the survivors should have the final say. Yeah. To be honest, in terms of sentencing and like what they would feel comfortable with, yeah. um, and they should be the ones evaluating. Do I feel like this person is um, has changed? But I understand that that can also be touchy because you wouldn't probably want to face your um, your uh, abuser often and repeatedly throughout his life. Right. Check in on <laughs> so. Him. Yeah. No thanks. So while imperfect, uh, as, as far as the justice system, um, that nigga needs to go. Yeah, we should apply the the full extent of the law to this man. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Okay. In other amazing news, Amazon is no longer coming to New York. Thank Fuck yeah. God. Um, yes. Said that after much thought and deliberation, we've decided not to move forward with our plans to build a headquarters for Amazon in Long Island City, Queens. Amazon said it is canceling the plans because a number of state and local politicians have made it clear that they oppose our presence. So I want to shout out AOC for being vigilant in her defense against Amazon. I feel like people in the media that I've been seeing recently are calling her stupid. They're like, Mm -hmm. she doesn't understand economics. She's complaining that they're not paying anything in federal taxes, but they're going to create jobs. And the fact that she doesn't understand that and she's just harping on the fact that they're not paying taxes just shows that she mm. doesn't really know how the system works. And to those people, I say, <laughs> not stupid, <laughs> um, because I don't know how many communities would be willing to trade being able to stay in their community for mm-hmm. jobs because the jobs are irrelevant to them if they cannot continue to live there. And Amazon mm-hmm. has a very long history of creating these jobs that are minimum wage, not liberal yep. at all, particularly for New York. Abusive. Abusive. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to mm-hmm. import most of their actual like high paid talent from Seattle right. or one of these other, you know, places and not they're not trying to find or train software engineers who live in Long Island City. Nope. That's not where they're going to be getting mm-hmm. their workers from. And mm-hmm. you know, I had just recently listened to a podcast all about Amazon um from Chris Hayes who's a like a political analyst on MSNBC and essentially Amazon has been getting away with like a lot of shady stuff for a very long time. Like the reason that they're able to still be in operation is because they have investors that don't expect to get any return on their investment in the short run. So what Mm. Amazon does is like they enter markets, they bring down the prices, for example, with books, they'll charge like 
significantly less than an independent bookstore was, they won't make any money off of the book sector, but then they'll mm-hmm. put all of the existing businesses out because they're charging a lower exactly. rate. And then they just become the like ultimate third party source for these transactions. Mm-hmm. Where you can't find any other options. And it's like, yep. there's literally no other business in this space that is allowed to not make any profit and still operate. So they can take over all these industries because they don't need to make money from them initially. And they can make <sighs> money off of like offering cloud services. And then even in this whole search for where they're going to put their headquarters, they basically had an inkling of where they wanted to locate themselves, but they were taking all mm-hmm. these meetings with other cities so that they could get privileged information about the development projects in those cities. So they're like they met with, you know, the mayor of Atlanta and got all, mm. you know, information about Atlanta's development plan. So now they know which neighborhoods in Atlanta are the next places to invest in, you know, oh. which, which policies are coming up that they could, you know, influence or benefit from the demographics, like, per, like all of this, like aggregated information about citizens in all of these places that they can. And this was all from the bidding process, right? All from the bidding process, which they said, which was cloaked in privacy. Like part of the negotiations with cities was that they couldn't disclose any of the like negotiations that they were having with Amazon. So we don't even know all the information. that. Yeah. So Amazon is like one major like scamming system, (laughs) essentially. Snakes. A snake. And so I'm glad that they're not going to be bringing their displacement to Long Island City. Seriously. I mean, they're trying to gentrify the world. Yeah. (laughs) So that's their goal. It's just like kind of reminds me of like where we used to like where you used to live, where I still live. (laughs) The consignment store next to us, Mirth. Oh, yeah. Um, He's uh, this white owned like little uh, boutique that sells overpriced vintage clothing um on a block in Bed-Stuy <laughs> like literally in a residential block here in Bed-Stuy um and they're basically just waiting out gentrification you don't really see people go in there um and it seems as though their budget is is such an and has already been allocated for them to just sit on that sit on that land until um the tipping point of uh the tipping points sorry the tipping point leans in their favor of white neighborhood uh, of a white neighborhood of more white residents moving in and you can tell and it's just fucked up because then you have like black businesses that close because you know they only have maybe six months of like operating capital mm-hmm. projected and so they need to make profit in order to sustain themselves whereas you have a lot of these um white <laughs> businesses that uh you know have tons of money um because they have they're more likely to get loans uh, more likely to have trust funds, investors, and all of that uh, financial support that you don't really see a lot of Black businesses and minority-owned businesses getting. So um, that's fucked up. And also what you said about like AOC, about how they were like, oh, she doesn't understand the system. Yeah, she no, she understands it. She doesn't like it. And neither do we. So like, it's not about like her not understanding the system. I think she gets it. I think she does get it. I think she just realizes that it doesn't actually work for um, the trickle down economics has actually never worked. Um, And if anyone is smart and um, and actually does their own research, they find the same too. Yeah, you can create jobs on the surface, but what does that really mean if they're not sustainable, if it's not really career jobs, if it's not um, something that people can live off of? And if uh, and if also in exchange, what that's going to mean for the property value around the neighborhood makes it so that they can't even live yep. around where they work. Think about how hard it is, how hard it's going to be for those people who may who may want to like work at those jobs to Especially get there. Because the NPA you know? is crumbling. So. <laughs> right 
and they have no real plans there except to you know raise the prices mm. on us. Yeah. Um, One thing that yeah. kind of alerted me to the fact that Mirth was not serious about making money in the short term was that when they first opened, they were open on Saturday and Sunday from 11 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, they were not <sighs> open at any other time, paying rent and not open. Whew. Let me tell you. And now, you know what they do now? They open, they, it's still the same schedule, except now, um, anytime it's a little bit of sun outside, you know, thanks to global warming. Um, they're also open on randomly on those wow. days where it's sunny. So they have a really yeah, sweet model. They feel like it. Sounds like it. <laughs> a sweet model. Well, mm-hmm. speaking, of <laughs> speaking of global warming. Speaking of. transition. So uh, I think it was last week there was snow <laughs> in Hawaii, specifically on mm. uh, Haleakala, I believe it's called, which is on the island of Maui. Um, And they say that snow there Mm. is rare, but it's not unheard of. Typically, that location will get snow about every five years. But what was strange when Mm. it happened a couple weeks ago was that the snow fell at such a low elevation. So it wasn't just like at the top of the mountains. It was like, you know, snow Um. that people would be interacting with. Um, They say that the coating started at Mm. 6,200 feet at a state park. And it could be the lowest elevation of snowfall ever recorded in the state. So basically, climate change is hitting Hawaii in a really very real way, um, which doesn't seem good (laughs) or bode well for our I don't think so. I don't think so at all. And I think, you know, you have to ask this question. You have to ask the question about, why is it that, you know, I mean, yeah, Republicans, snakes, you know, but what is their financial and political interest in denying climate change? I mean, what is it? Um, Because it's like, we trust scientists to give us insight about medicine, cures. We trust them to let us generally know what the weather's going to be, the forecast. We make plans around it. So why is it that when even bipartisan groups speak of climate change, you have these top conservatives and Republican leaders like Donald Trump so adamant about shutting it down. You know, like I, I want to know, I want to know what the money trail is. That's what I want to know. What is the financial investment embedding the coal industry, change? the coal, the oil money, it? the coal industry, all of that. Oh, yeah. there we go. Because then, then that would mean we'd have to right. use renewable sources. And they're of energy all, and, you know, getting off of Texas Damn. and all where they're drilling and fracking and doing all these other things that are leading to the environmental issues. So they feel like it'll be better if they just ignore it and assume that because they're rich, Mm. when shit hits the fan, they'll just get on their private Mm. space shuttle built by Elon Mm. Musk to send them to Mars. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They Uber to Mars. Uber jet to Mars. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, there we go, because I'm just like, these niggas is yeah. really so pressed, so pressed to deny the truth. And like, and then like Trump will, will go on his tw- on his Twitter and be like, oh, well, it was like, you know, 70 degrees here. Um, no, no, he'll be like, oh, it was like negative uh, 22 degrees here. So much for global warming. Where's global warming when you need it? And He's it's just so, so ignorant. Disgusting. You right? know what I mean? It's just so ignorant. It's just like, it's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. Um, but anyway, um, oh God, this is a tragedy. Um, 
So there's a story that came out a few weeks ago of this woman named Tamla Horsford, a uh, mother of five. Uh, she was at an adult uh, sleepover, um, an adult sleepover with uh, white women, God, um, in, in Forsyth, Forsyth County, Georgia. Forsyth, you know, yeah. you're familiar with that county? Okay, Forsyth. Um, and so uh, she uh, she went to an all-adult sleepover with, I think, seven white women and three of their boyfriends slash husbands. Why? First of all, why? Um, and, First of all, why? Are they doing huh? that? Just the demographics yeah, and, of that. Like, some of the people have no. their husbands at the sleepover. Other people don't. You know what I mean? Like, oof. Right. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is suspect. This was, like, for football season. It was an adult sleepover to watch oh. the game and party. Um, but, you know, obviously seems a little weird that, um, you know, I don't know if I'd be like 40 sleeping over anyone's no, home with 10 I other niggas. Like, I can't yeah, imagine I doing home. that. Yeah, I can't yeah. even imagine doing that now. And I'm 27. So uh, I don't trust none of them niggas. Uh, so, um, so she was uh, found dead in the backyard um, the next morning. Uh, apparently she had fallen over. Uh, she had fallen over one of the. Um, balconies and uh, they claim that she suffered from alcohol poisoning and um and she fell and she fell from the back deck of the home so uh but i think they're still waiting for like the autopsy to make the official report but her friend uh one of her friends uh who was there uh uh i heard her name michelle graves um she said that when she questioned how her friend died that night, so I guess her friend, yeah, this friend Michelle Graves was there. When she questioned how her friend died that night, her, the other party members threatened her and even had her arrested. So, yeah, so the reason why they were able to have her arrested was because Jose Barrera, a former probation or officer of the Forsyth County Court, he used to be, um, yeah, he used to be a probation officer. He literally just got fired in December 2018 wow. for improper use of the county's database. So, um, so now the only friend who is asking questions gets arrested. The black woman's dead. They're saying it's alcohol poisoning. The whole sleepover suspect to, to begin with, and people are demanding answers and no one has been arrested. Um, no one has been, um, wow. no one has been, no one has been arrested. So, and, uh, oh, and it looks, turns out the coroner actually said that the official cause of death was determined to have been by an accidental fall from a residential deck. Um, and in addition, the death certificate also states that acute ethanol intoxication was a significant condition uh, contributing to Miss Mrs. Hart Horford's death. So, I mean, I've been fucked up, but <laughs> if you're telling me that alcohol, <laughs> alcohol in a in a room full of my my close friends, no one would have known that I was that fucked up. That maybe also, I shouldn't have been on a balcony. It was an accidental you know? fall um, through the autopsy. Exactly. How could you I don't know, know how could that you? it was an accidental mm-hmm. fall and that she wasn't just mm-hmm. tossed over the side? <laughs> Basically, because I've been really smacked in my life, but I, but I, I can't imagine alcohol making me when just stumble over a balcony, um, especially. Yeah. And especially it's because the way they're moving, like if it was truly an accident, you know, it would be like, yeah, no, let's get let's let's figure out what's going on. Um, Yeah. Michelle, her friends asking questions like let's. Let's do what we can, but everybody's quiet. Everybody is, um, they, they get her arrested and threatening her. So it's just like, you obviously have some interest in keeping the truth like, quiet. And still like, nothing is happening. Like a frat or sorority party gone wrong. 
like a hazing party gone wrong. Like, yeah, technically they didn't mean to kill her, but they did something to lead to her death and they don't want it. They don't want that to be known. Mm-hmm. And so they're, you know, they're covering it up because I just don't can't imagine that right. this woman who has actual kids allowed herself to get that drunk unless I mean, and I feel like if she had a history of alcoholism, that would have come out. They would have released that information. So, yeah, I don't know. Suspect. Yeah, no, that's that shit is weird as hell. So. Um, you know, justice for Tamla Horsford, Horsford. Um, so yeah, if you're, um, I don't, I don't know exactly what you can do as a resident of Georgia, but I'll I'm sure you can do more it. than me. Maybe it. Not going to Forsyth though. Ask some questions. <laughs> it's pretty racist um, <laughs> over there. Okay. Oh, uh, well, so, there we go. Yeah, that's also why it's not. <laughs> there we go. I mean, it's surprising. The story is surprising, but like the fact that this black woman died in the midst of a bunch of white people is less surprising because it's specifically Forsyth County. Right. Um, so yeah, there's that. You see? Okay. Well, this brings us to our game segment. We're doing a fun little black history month edition. If you are a long-term listener of the podcast, you'll remember we did something similar <laughs> in our first season um, when Addie gave me different, rap lyrics that were associated with civil rights icons it was a very hard game i hope (laughs) very presumptuous Uh, so i'm doing a spin on that i'm picking quotes from the past and she has to guess who said it okay so the first quote is about blackface Mm -hmm. the quote says they had white friends come up to them recently and say I don't understand this blackface thing. Can you explain it to me? They responded, imagine in this climate right now, saying that publicly. If you want to have more courageous empathy, put yourself in a white person's position who might have questions. Okay, so who do you think said that we should put ourselves in a white person's position who might have questions about blackface in 2019? Okay. A, Diddy. (laughs) B, Stacey Dash, C, Cory Booker, or D, Whoopi Goldberg? I know exactly who this must be. Who? Well, I think so. I think so. It has to be Whoopi, because I feel like she loves to pander. and um, Or I've, I've seen her, like, kind of dance around, like, and make excuses. Um for like white people. And I think, I think that has to do with like just the generational gap. Like, I think that there's like a lot of people in the older generation who, um, who like just wanted to sit at the table. And I think our generation kind of like wants to shake the table. Unfortunately, you're incorrect. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, let me guess again. Um, okay. So Diddy, Stacey, (laughs) okay, wait, any of these other answers would be crazy. Um, all right, I, it can't be Stacey Dash. That seems too obvious. Uh, I can't. Oh man, nah, can't be. Can't be Diddy. No. No, can't. You're be right, Diddy. Cory Booker, Booker running for president of the United States of America. Oh <laughs> my <hand>. god! <laughs> I didn't want to honestly. Believe him. I was disappointed. Um, I had a strong feeling that. <laughs> Cory Booker was up to some shenanigans when he said that he couldn't call a racist because he doesn't know what's in his heart. <sighs> but this was the icing on the cake. Yeah. It is Cory Booker. Yeah. Damn. 
you see Cory Booker reminds me a lot of like some of yes. the black men that we went to school yeah. with at Harvard. It's just like, you know, you're like categorically liberal, <laughs> you know, like you like, you're not afraid of black people. You don't mind being around them, but there's always just this like level of discomfort or yeah. like this, or we feel it from you. Um, and I feel like that's just like the sense I've always gotten with him. So despite his like record of like, he's lived in Newark, you know, he's been, he's been, um, he's made some like great changes and stuff in the community, but there's always been something about him yep. that has always felt just disconnected. And I think because, um, because he's strategic, you know? And so it's like, it, it calls into question the yes. authenticity of all of his moves um, that he's made throughout his career, because it's just like, I, I don't believe that he, d- he didn't want to make better opportunities for black people. I, I think the two can exist at the same time where you can, you know, be, uh, be dedicated to a cause, um, but yes. also be dedicated yeah. to social climate. And I think that's that's kind of where, where I kind of see him. Um, at least that's the vibes he gives off. So him saying, you know, having empathy. Because I get, like, some people really do be wilding about, like, what white people should know. Or, you know, like, they shouldn't know the inner workings of the Black community. Like, you know, um, right. but Blackface, <laughs> they should know about. You know, like, that's a com- that's common knowledge. Um, and... Um, and go- very, very Googleable. So like, that's one thing where it's like, no, no, there, there's no empathy there for not understanding what that is at this, at this time, you know, in also, 2019. Um, so no, we, I will not have empathy for not, white people who don't understand yeah. blackface. Cory Booker also said, I may have gotten my BA at Stanford, but I got my PhD on the streets of Newark. So that's just, it's going to leave that there. Okay. Oh, <laughs> so this quote yeah. is you see, I just, I wish, yeah. I just wish he connected well, you know, cause I mean, his story is compelling. It's really, it's just like, it's like bravo, but people these days, they see through it now. It's like, he's not going to get away with um, maneuvering the way that he does in this age. We already had a black president, you know? So it's like, you have to come fucking correct. Like, uh, like Andrew Gillum, I, I love him. Cause he like, it's like, you feel the authenticity from him. You feel like he's, you know, um, a real person. And I'm not getting okay. that from Cory Booker. Okay, this next quote is more in line with how I wish our Black History Month was going. It is as follows. Okay. But I don't want equal rights with the white man. If I did, I'd be a thief and a murderer. But the white man is the scaredest person on earth. Out in the daylight, he don't do nothing. But at night, he'll toss a bomb or pay someone to kill. The white man's afraid he'll be treated like he's been treating Negroes. But I couldn't carry that much hate. It wouldn't solve any problem for me to hate whites just because they hate me. Oh, there's so much to hate. Only God has kept the Negro sane. Okay, so who said that? A, Shirley Chisholm, mm. B, Medgar Evans, C, Annie Lou Hamer, or D, Toni Morrison? Ooh. <sighs> Okay, this is very like literature in the writing. Um maybe. Let me see. You can't quote. <laughs> I'm not gonna Google the quote. I'm just, you know, just fre- uh refreshing my memory on some of these folks. Um all right, I'm gonna have to say Toni Morrison. It could have been, but it's not. Oh, it's hard. It's hard. Dang, I literally I mean, you're gonna have to tell me who this one is. Because they're all 
dope people. Yeah. Um, the answer is Fanny Lou Hamer. Yeah, she, for folks who don't know, she was a voting and women's rights activist, a community organizer, and a prominent leader in the civil rights movement. But obviously her name doesn't get brought up as much as her male counterparts. Um, But she also co-founded and was the vice chair of the Freedom Democratic Party. And she represented them at the 1964 Democratic National Convention. So a very important pillar of the civil rights movement and had a great analysis of why... Mm -hmm our freedom should not be aspirational whiteness. Absolutely. And a great, and another great reason why um, black women and black women, you know, were always um, the most act. Like I think 70% of like the black Panther party was, uh, was black women. Um, but in terms of who like made decisions and who was the face, it was never really black women. And that quote is a uh, testament exactly. as to why it should have been. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, joke. Um, now yeah. this is a perfect segue into our transition about our discussion around Black History Month. This specific Black History Month, which has been a tragedy, <laughs> so we're just gonna run through some of the sad things that have happened to our people this month, and the sad things our people have done this month. Strange, strange yes. things have fucking happened. So the first is. 21 Savage, the whole saga. I won't go through the whole thing because we know the facts. But essentially, he came to the United mm-hmm. States when he was seven. At some point, his visa expired in his teenage years and he stayed. He got arrested during the weekend of the Super Bowl um, and was put into ICE detention. He was under a 23-hour lockdown, Um despite the fact that he had already been applying for a visa application, which was processing, but hadn't yet gone through. Um, They said essentially that he's been lying about his whole identity and personality, which if, for those who don't know, 21 Savage claims to be from Atlanta. Um, I'm pretty sure he says he's from the East side of Atlanta, um, that he was a former gangbanger Shot a bunch of people, has been shot at multiple times. A lot. How many times was shot? A lot. That is a song lyric of his. A lot. Um, And they said that he came to the United States from London, where he was born, um, though his family has a direct link to Dominica, which um, is an island. So there was a lot of controversy around this story because when it first came out. Yes. Um, a lot of people thought it was funny, myself included, um, because just the idea that this man with a cross <laughs> tattoo in the middle of his face or a knife <laughs> as well um, was yes. not actually from Atlanta and was actually from the UK and it had been fooling us this whole time. It tickled me, honestly. I will say I laughed mm-hmm. a lot. Um, then when you know <laughs> the details came out about him being in ICE custody and the whole lockdown and that they were going to deport him, like all that seemed crazy and obviously very scary and an example of issues with our immigration system. Mm -hmm. Um, He has since been released. So that's good news, but his visa process is still ongoing. Right. And I just want to touch on another aspect uh, to, to this. Like 21 Savage is one of the thing about him is he's incredibly, he's a compelling ass individual. You know, and for a long time, you know, since he's come out, it's just like, yeah, you know, you've admittedly murdered 
quite a few people, but we still like you. And like, there's something really just that feels super authentic and like super genuine about you. Cause you're just not, you're not like the average young, excitable rapper. You know, you're like one of those people who's selective about uh, what you respond to, what you say. And like, you don't seem to be someone who's just out here to get attention for any reason other than your music or whatever you're doing for your community. So, um, so, you know, those are things that I've always admired uh, about him. And you know, now it's now it was a little more understandable. Is like you know, in the yeah. UK they raise well, <laughs> so <laughs> so he probably probably you know learned uh, the Queen's manners um, because he seems to carry himself as such. Um, but there's another layer of this where um, something that has not been addressed, and it seems as though there's been a lot of effort to really silence this, is the fact that Twenty One Savage's dad is allegedly Doctor Amsu Apu, or yeah, I think his name is Doctor. Amsu Anpu, who's a UK doctor, who's like the celebrity holistic doctor that they bring on to like all these radio shows, including The Breakfast Club. And um, if you guys like go on YouTube and you go and you like type in 21 Savage Dad Breakfast Club, you'll see an episode in which Angela Yee uh, revealed that that was his dad and that they all knew that. And when she revealed that like, oh yeah, Dr. Amsu, you know, his dad. And then like DJ Envy was like, oh, that's his dad. And Angela was like, yeah, you know. And he was like, yeah, I know, but I didn't think everyone else knew. And then Charlamagne was like, well, I guess oh. everyone knows now. And so it was just this awkward exchange of like, they had admitted that they had been covering this up. Um, and if you know, um, The Breakfast Club is produced by Revolt TV, which Diddy owns. Um, and, you know, Diddy kind of controls like the industry. Um, so it makes you, people have questions about whether or not he's an industry plant, um, you know, and then I went on Dr. Amsu's, Amsu's um, Instagram and I see pictures of, Mm-mm. did you see it? Yeah. So I like went on his Instagram, you see pictures of him with 21 Savage since he was five, six, like seemed like a very active father. And even up until this day, he posts like things like pictures of him with the family you know, and I, you know, I don't know all the details of um, 21 Savage's music, but I I have heard that he I, mentioned I that his father died didn't know his or dad. that maybe his dad like taught him like. OK, so I, I don't really know and can confirm all <laughs> the conflicts with his um lyrics, but I've heard that there's been some conflicting things with his lyrics that would suggest that his father is no longer with us or that his father was, um you know, in the streets as a as a dealer or whatever. But, you know, you never know. Maybe his his dad was a dealer and then went to school and became a doctor <laughs> but uh there's just there's certainly some gaps there and obviously a concerted effort to keep that a secret uh which you know really makes me question how many in you know quote unquote industry plans are there um that are like placed you know in um in our culture so that uh these record labels can have control over what they want to put out um as is inconclusive about what the what the details are there he's like did it. Um, 21 Savage has since done a New York Times interview since his release. And once again, he's just so freaking likable. So like I read that interview and I liked him even more, but they, no one had addressed this. That like, can you explain your dad? Like, <laughs> or this man who people are saying is your dad? Cause if he could just uh, maybe shed some light on that relationship and like what that actually meant for him growing up, I think that would give people some clarity because it's just Agreed. doesn't seem to add up. Oh boy. Okay. Next. Story. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, and this next we story wish him the best is of luck. A lot. So basically, Jesse Smollett. And I'll let you take it away because I feel like yes. you know everything about this. Yeah. I've been, 
I look, because I've been from the minute I heard the story. So here's the problem with me. I watch, I've pretty much watched every episode of Law and Order SVU. And I've watched since watched almost every episode of uh, Criminal Minds. Um, so <laughs> between the two, um, you know, Law and Order SVU, you know, you get a lot of like the uh, stories with the celebrities and like all of the ways that they like reframe those stories. So you get that aspect and perspective. But with Criminal Minds, you really understand who's a, like how to know somebody's lying. And because of that, I really <laughs> feel like the FBI really overlooked me. I really feel like yeah, you can I really feel so like fun. they missed out <laughs> you're right i'm just mad because you know in all of the freaking quantico fucking shows they have like you know some white man roll up on you in a suit on campus especially at harvard yeah. and they yeah. tap you and they send you to quantico for training because they realize that you'll be more you'll be more important in service of the country than in a school but you know it's okay it's okay just because i can't jump um don't mean i couldn't be analytical well i can't even yeah, do why you weren't recruited stuff, so. slowly anyway um <laughs> right and why i'm here doing this podcast <laughs> oh i'm here i'm here to tell the truth um so when the story first came out i was just kind of like okay this is crazy so uh what jesse uh Smollett had reported is that he had just come back from a flight he just came uh, landed uh from a flight from somewhere he just landed in chicago it was late he was hungry he went out to um he said by his own words, Walgreens, um, even though his videos of him in Subway, maybe his intent was to go to Walgreens. I don't know. But he said he went out to just get a sandwich on his way out um, or on his way back with his sandwich. Two men out of nowhere um, came and they jumped him and attacked him uh, through bleach or some unknown chemical substance on him and um, put a noose around his neck. Um, but I guess they didn't like actually like tighten it. And um and so, you know, what happened next, what happened after that was also to me where things kind of got weird um, because when he went to the hospital and he reported, um, no, sorry, before he went to the hospital, he went back to his friend's place. Uh, so this was 40 minutes after the incident had occurred. Um, and then he called the police officer. And according to the reports I saw, allegedly when the police came, they saw the noose still around his neck. The rope was still around his neck. Um, and uh, and so that was like another, a red flag for me. Um, then they took him to the hospital or he asked to go to the hospital. I'm not sure, um, to like, I'm sure to get pictures and to uh, see if there was anything wrong. And, um, while he was at the hospital, he then mentioned that, oh yeah, they also had MAGA hat or like, or like they, they screamed MAGA or said they had MAGA hats. I, I don't remember what exactly what he said. If they said they had MAGA hats or if they screamed MAGA, I think they might've screamed MAGA. So then it became a then it became like okay you got jumped by like two white racists in Chicago. So then immediately um all the celebrities took to Instagram uh you know to say we're praying for Jesse, we hope that he gets better because I mean and naturally so. Why would you think anyone why would you think anything else? Yeah, even if the story sounded a little like crazy, um especially for people who live in Chicago, I've never been, but everyone who I know who lives in Chicago knows that it's very segregated. So it's really difficult for you to just see like white, two white people just like walking around in the black neighborhood. Um, so that was a red flag for some of the uh, Chicago dwellers. Um, but anyway, people, you know, rallied behind him, showed support. And then as the weeks started to go by, more reports kept on coming out of uh, reports that Jesse may be lying or that they couldn't find any footage to corroborate his story. And every time a story came out that said that Jesse may be lying, the police actually would come out and say that 
uh, they never said that or that they would say that we, we, we can't confirm that report. So it seemed as though throughout throughout all of these leaks um, or all of these alleged new developments, the police kept on saying, wait, no, that's not, that's not true. That's unsubstantiated. And so, um, and I, and I just only want to bring that up just to say, um, just, just keep that in mind. Cause I'm going to come back to that point later. Um, and so uh, more recently they got the proof that they needed that, uh, uh, that this, this didn't actually happen. And that in fact, two Nigerian brothers um, were, behind this attack uh orchestrated by jesse jesse was um insecure about his role in empire and wanted to argue for a better salary so he had the nigerian brothers uh state help him stage uh, an attack uh, so he knew and these nigerian brothers as if you can imagine are, are not white <laughs> um and probably uh don't want to make america great again so um so you know really played on uh our emotions right now uh, in, as it relates to politics, as it relates to racism in this country, uh, and he really did. He really like. He really did a did us a huge disservice because, um, you know, you have conservative sites that are running with this that are like, you know, liberals are liars and da 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 da. Um, but you know, still up until this point, there's a lot of people who still don't believe that Jesse is lying. They think that because the Chicago police is corrupt, that they could be setting him up. But I'm like, at a certain point, you actually have to surrender. You have to like use your own judgment and and get out of identity politics and just see things for what they are. Because as I mentioned earlier, every time a report would come out that would suggest that Jesse was lying or whatever, I would see a more official report from the police department in his defense. So throughout this whole time, they seem to be kind of being like fall back. We don't know this yet. Um, all these rumors are coming out and that's not what we said. So I didn't see it as a railroad thing. You know, it'd be one thing if every time they were like, oh, we don't trust it. We don't trust it. But no official report said that up until they actually found the evidence um, of these two Nigerian brothers going into like an Ace Hardware store, buying fucking ski masks and ski gear. Nigerians <laughs> okay. do not ski. The ski masks is not just for skiing. <laughs> okay. I said and- ski masks are not just for skiing. <laughs> huh? <laughs> right, exactly. But they don't ski. And the gear that he was that they were getting would suggest that they were maybe going on a ski right. trip or robbing someone. <laughs> so if I had to deduce uh what, what it was, I probably wasn't skiing. Um, so um that that was just that was kind of I think the nail in the coffin there. Um, because then they were able to bring in the guys for questioning, and of course they had to tell the truth. They were only paid thirty five hundred dollars. So I'm not gonna really lie lie to the police off the yeah. strength of like a few G's. Um, and so uh, now Jesse's facing potentially up to three years in prison and I'm pretty sure they're going to make an example of him. Uh, since then empire has written him off of the show, um, while the police does their further investigations. Um, and yeah, so pretty much my point here is that like, you know, it wasn't so much that like, I was happy that this came out to be like what I had suspected. What was disappointing to me was just the fact that, um, identity politics to me had prevailed here where we no longer were using our better judgment to evaluate this case because we wanted to believe he was true. And I mean, there's reasons why we want to believe it's true because typically gay men, um, just as black women are often not, not believed when it comes to reporting, um, incidences of violence and it's often overlooked and not even talked about in the media. So when it happens to someone who's high profile, you certainly have an investment. You want to believe that this person is not lying because you understand what the gravity of that situation is. Um, and so, you know, to find out that the reports say that he's uh, allegedly uh, 
stage, this whole thing is really disappointing. And, um, and I hope that it really pushes people to realize that, you know, just because we want equality, right. Just because we want equality, just because we want people to take our, take us seriously, doesn't mean that we're just going to believe someone at all costs because believing someone at all costs, despite what the evidence shows you is basically doing the same thing that we criticize, um, the black men who support R. Kelly and Bill Cosby of, you know, uh, that when even presented with evidence, even presented with things that you as a thinker, as an individual thinker can discern for yourself, you just want to rely on identity politics to answer all of your questions as opposed to your better judgment. I don't think the opposite is um, the solution. I think carefully considering everyone's, um, everyone's story in a fair, in a fair and, um, unbiased way that's what we're trying to aim for not just believing anyone just because they're black like i'm not just gonna believe you just because you're a black woman if you're a black woman yeah. who ain't shit then i'm not gonna fucking believe you you know um so i think that this was just a lesson i think that i think i hope i hope that people receive this lesson i doubt it but i mean <laughs> that's, for me this that was, was the takeaway very for me. much so more of an isolated impact or isolated situation versus something that i think should be extrapolated into other situations. Because I still think that it's useful to have your default be to believe the person who said that they've been attacked. Now, whether or not that person turns out to be lying, should there should be you know a reversal of that initial belief if evidence comes out that shows that person is lying. But I, I do still think mm-hmm. that it's a good default to extend sure. empathy to people who say that they've been attacked. And I think that there's, I don't know, there's something different about this case and I think other cases in which, you know, people are accused of a crime and then a bunch of people come out and cape for them and say that, oh, we need more facts. Like in this situation, there was no actual victim beyond Jesse Smollett. So it's not like Jesse was like, hey, this white man did this to me and then everyone went and started attacking that white man and beat that white man into submission because like he hurt Jesse. It was like Mm -hmm. people were coming out in support of Jesse. There wasn't any like retribution to any particular person, which is not what we see when, you know, sexual assault survivors come out and say, oh, R. Kelly abused me. It's not that people just support them. People attack them Mm -hmm. in defense of R. Kelly. So I feel like this situation was more so like an individual person is a liar and a bad person and not like we should be using this case to reframe the Mm -hmm. way that we think about supporting people who are survivors because the facts still remain that like the vast majority of time people are not lying about these types of situations needs he for sure like he is going which is why um yeah i think it's very mental to the progress that we have made in terms of believing survivors i think it is easy after seeing something like this to be Mm -hmm. like well we need to just be more skeptical about all the things that we hear in general when it's like, yes, we need to have skepticism in general because we should be discerning people. Um, and we, you know, should pivot if mm-hmm. facts come out that are not in support of what we initially believe. So, you know, completely agree about that. But I don't want this to be something mm-hmm. where now people are like, before I believe anyone, I need to just have a preponderance of the evidence because it's already so hard to admit that something right. you know violent or traumatic happened to you that I don't want mm-hmm. this to just be now we're all skeptical about everything that we hear um 
Yeah, and because and because the people who are going to be skeptical regardless are the people who are going to be skeptical regardless. They're going to look for, you know, a reason to like not believe him or to not believe gay people or to not believe women, you know. Um, but, you know, I do think that um, putting this kind of, just putting this kind of stuff out there because yeah, even though I personally, um, I'm not, not, in, not to speak at all in defense of MAGA supporters or whatever, but if something, if someone, if a MAGA supporter or someone said, oh, well, you know, there's a group of like, liberals you know came in and like attacked us and like that that also does create a lot of like unnecessary political rifts because then like people have to take sides and then um and then that kind of exacerbates like already existing tension so i think that what he did was dangerous in a different name um than like the way that rape rape cases work but i do think it was like super dangerous in a different name i think that moving forward um you know we don't always have all of the evidence to discern for ourselves and sometimes we never have it. So I think, yeah, using your best judgment and giving people the benefit of the doubt who are, um, who are, who do claim to, you know, have been survivors of attacks is definitely, uh, definitely the move. But um, as you said, like when, when the evidence or when things start to come in to challenge that, don't be, don't be resistant right. to it because of what you want to believe. You know what I mean? Don't be resistant to um, to the information because of, of of your political allegiances or your identity politics, because that's like this is what we're in critique of. At least that's what I'm in critique of when I think about the ways that like a lot of these poor white people rally around Trump, you know, that simply because this is a white man who's letting them know that I will cement your whiteness forever, that they're able that they're willing to do. I'm willing to sacrifice themselves so that um, so that other people of color don't have things. And it's it's so rooted and grounded in that for me that like when things like this happen, um, it's 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 just another side of the coin that like we're kind of feeding into. And I will hope that as liberal people or Democrats or whatever, that, you know, mm-hmm. we're not we're not doing yeah, that. But I think clearly the criticism that so, I have heard mostly like I haven't really seen a lot of people i'm not on instagram so i have no idea what's going on in that realm of the world but at least on twitter most of the criticisms that Mm -hmm. i've seen have not been like i believe jesse at all costs it's been like damn this will really suck if it turns out that he's lying because like we put a lot of trust into him and still like fuck the Mm -hmm. chicago police department because somehow they've miraculously been able to discover all of this evidence about what jesse has done but when other, you know, gay black men, for example, I saw one man say that he was having some kind of brunch at his um, house. And as a gay black man, there were other gay black men there. And I guess they were like having a good time. And a white person came over and was like, turn that music off or like, stop doing what you're doing or I'm going to. He said, like, made some threatening statement. Um, and then the black man you know, reported this to the police and they were like, oh, sorry, there's nothing we can do about that. Like, <laughs> um, you should just try to talk to your neighbors about it. So like the people who are from Chicago yeah. already live in a system in which right. they are very skeptical of yeah. the police. So there's just a higher burden of proof to even believe what the police are saying because they literally covered up the murder of Laquan McDonald a couple months ago. <laughs> so I think it just complicates it further when like, right. you know, you right. don't really know who to trust. No, you can't trust Jesse, but you also know yeah, you no, can't trust the police. So it's like it's even just hard to like wrap your mind around it. And then on top right. of that, the police and <laughs> Rahm Emanuel are you know using this as a way to like act like they're the defenders of justice and like oh Jesse Reese wasted so much. 
resources. They, they really are. The <laughs> murders of black children. Isn't that what you guys care about? Like, they're completely acting like, you know, they're the hero of yeah. the story. And it's like, no. Exactly. You did your do- job effectively in this one situation. Um, and I'm sure you were excited by the fact that this man was lying because that mm-hmm. fits into your your mm-hmm. narrative. So it's, yeah. Exactly. Whole- exactly. That's exactly so what I think, too. They were fucking excited. And, like, and yeah they were and that's and that's a great point jasmine because it's it's pretty much just like the two things can exist it's not or it's not to me it's not like oh the chicago because because the chicago police is corrupt jesse can't be lying you know and Mm -hmm. i think that's the logic that i'm seeing people follow that like because they are they they are known to be corrupt that jesse cannot be lying and the two can exist at once like jesse can be lying and the chicago police can be corrupt Mm -hmm. and the two can sit together real perfectly especially when it comes to persecuting black men of course why wouldn't they take up the opportunity once they can actually follow through on a case get the evidence they need and drive it home why not make an example of the black man of course um but 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 it would it would require the black man to make an example mm-hmm. for them to do that kind of like with R Kelly not to say anything he did is like R Kelly but you know they they're not railroading R right. Kelly R Kelly R Kelly railroaded himself <laughs> they just put the pieces together now they are corrupt yes it, that's a fact but it doesn't take away from the fact that if you know this person did this person did this, this person did that. And honestly, I just kind of feel like we just need to really like stop trusting celebrities. We need to really stop free, like really like trust yourselves. Like think about use your own, use your own logic, have your own opinions. It seems as though these days, you know, even people can't even critique anyone anymore because then it's just like, people take this shit real personally. They see these celebrities as gods. So, you know, for me, when I had my doubts, I kept that shit to myself because I'm like, I'm not trying to make nobody cry <laughs> because some, because sometimes these people worship people beyond doubt. They worship people beyond um, accountability. And I feel like that's a problem. And that's what this also exposed. Like we want to, be- like we want to believe our celebrity favorites. We want to believe that they're um, telling the truth, even when we see things that might challenge that. And I think that, um, you know, hopefully that uh that people start to just use a little bit more all right what else happened this black History month okay (laughs) speaking of (laughs) speaking of discernment (laughs) uh so i don't i know you're not on instagram but this was uh i was literally minding my (laughs) business (laughs) no i wasn't i interrupted myself from a day's work to take to instagram to see that none other than Jordan Woods, um, Kylie Jenner's black best friend, who's been her best friend since I guess they were like eight or nine. I've always seen her on the show. Um, she uh, is uh, allegedly hooked up with Khloe Kardashian's uh, wayward man, um, Tristan Thompson. Mm. Tristan, third trimester. Mm. <laughs> third trimester Thompson. Um, and apparently this happened... <laughs> At a at Tristan's house party, so apparently Tristan has house parties that he doesn't invite Khloe Kardashian to. And that Jason guy, uh, oh, yeah. from, um, he used to be on like Love and Hip Hop, and he like runs this blog called um, yeah, he runs this blog called like Hollywood Unlocked or something like that. So it's like a gossip site, um, you know that basically it kind of like the shade room that exposes like what celebrities do. And so apparently, uh, when Tristan had this party. Um, you know, people were invited, but uh, everyone had to uh, leave their cell phones with the security. But one of his staff writers made it into the party. And so the staff writer was shocked to see that Jordan Woods was sit publicly 
sitting on the boy's lap. They were cuddling. He was rubbing her ass. They were like, you know, very intimate. Um, and apparently the young lady did not leave his place until 7 a.m. Um, and so ever so since that was reported last week, um, I mean, it was crazy on social media because it was just like, wait, what? Like, did this actually happen? Um, why, now, the question is like, why did like did this actually happen for many reasons? Because we all know that the Kardashians are known for publicity stunt. We all know they have like TMZ and like all those gossip blogs on speed dial. And so if they want to report something or make something be known, um, especially as their ratings may be slipping, um, who knows who they throw under the bus in order to get them ratings right. up, you know? to keep their relevance, uh, their relevancy up. So you never know. So that was one, uh, one possibility. Um, but the other, what the fuck was just the fact that mm-hmm. Jordan Woods literally lives with Kylie Jenner. So like they're like best friends in a different type of way. Like they're like real, real besties. Like they do everything together. Car- Kylie like has bought her like several vehicles, like, you know, like it's, it's a different type of friendship. Um, and you know, both she and Kylie <laughs> used to not be conventionally attractive <laughs> together. And that's what they bonded then, over. <laughs> that's, you know, and since then they've really, you know, uh, uh, I guess glowed up um, uh, with the right money and team. They've been able to, uh, you know, live their best lives and really reach the peak of um, their physical attraction. And so, you know, Jordan Woods has been able to capitalize off of that as a plus size model. And so she's been doing really well with that. Also, her affiliation with Kylie um, has made her career like skyrocket in a short in a short period of time. So it just kind of is like, wait, why would you know why would she put herself in this in this situation? Because my my question is like, what's your long term strategy? Like, what's what is what is the end goal here? Because it's just like that's her sister and the same sister, Khloe Kardashian. Uh, has even had Jordan in her like campaign for her jeans. So Khloe has this brand of jeans called Good American, and she's even had. Um, uh, Jordan like walked the runway has been featured in like the campaign. So she's even given the girl work. So this is not just like a distant sister, like Kylie and Chloe are very close from what I've seen on the show. So it just seems like a crazy, um, crazy situation. Um, but just another thing too, is just mm-hmm. that this family has a history of stealing people's men. So it's not like a shock that someone associated with the Kardashians would follow suit. If you recall, Kylie has uh, stolen, um, and by stole, I mean, has been seen with someone, someone's man after they, that person was with them, a close friend of theirs. Uh, so, uh, Black China used to be with Tyga and Tyga, I'm going to say Tyga stole Kylie because she, she was not of age. So Tyga stole Kylie. So I'm going to, I'm going to let her, I'm going to let her rock on that one. But, um, uh, apparently she, um, uh, Travis Scott used to date Justine's guy. He used to be one of Kylie's best friends. Um, and so obviously now. Uh, Kylie is uh, with him and with and with his child. So, uh, so obviously, you know, she has, she's been able to um, have a friend and then you know be with their man. So I I don't know I don't get that, but it's Hollywood. And likewise, Khloe Kardashian has um stolen all of like Trina's men. Oh yeah, <laughs> Trina used to be with like French Montana. She stole him. Then they've been pictured together. You know, they were all were pictured together. And I don't mean to put this all on Khloe because French, you know. He he had more like actually no once you're broken up I guess you don't technically have the allegiance the friend does so you know um and Trina has called her out on it before um she's also been with James Harden after Trina too so you know it look I think Trina got the picture and stopped <laughs> stopped hanging out with her and if you also recall Chloe stole um Tristan from a woman her name was Jordan Jordy or something so another Jordan literally stole 
Tristan, third trimester, Thompson, and entered a relationship with a man who um was mm. whose a uh, baby mother was pregnant with um with his child. Um and I think she was seven months pregnant when um when he left her uh for Chloe. And Chloe was sitting there parading that man mm. on Instagram talking about true love, this and that. So I mean, you know, I don't feel sorry for her. Uh, you know, it only makes sense that karma would have your man taken by another woman named Jordan. I was just Yo, like, this Chris is just, Jenner you can't write this shit. This is like, Chris, Chris Jenner. This, is, this is great. And um, Chris Jenner could write written it. Who knows? Chris Jenner could write it. You're right. Who? Well, that was a lot. You're right. Basically. Yeah. And like Tristan obviously I'm has good. a problem. <laughs> Tristan ha- obviously has a problem. I don't know where Jordan's career is going to go from here because her, her whole career is literally based off of um, her relationship with Kylie Jenner. So like all of her followers are based off of that. Um, her career is built off of that. So it's just like, I don't know. Um, I have some thoughts as to what she can do. Like, I'm like, maybe she can seek, sink like, into this villainous character and just like rock with that. Um, and just like own it and be like, yeah, bitch, I'll stay your man. And just like, really like <laughs> get dig deep into it and just like own it. Um, but in the meantime, if Kylie Jenner needs a new black best friend, uh, you can ask me, mm-hmm. I-, I promise I'll stop talking about you on the podcast. <laughs> And we'll only say favorable things about you if you um, allow me to. Okay. So speaking (laughs) of the Kardashian clique, Justine Skye, who you mentioned previously, who used to be friends with Kylie Jenner. I'm assuming they're not friends. Yeah. Former member of the clique. Former member. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So Justine Uh, Skye was on a press tour last month, I'd say, um, for her new single that came out. And... She had mentioned that she had been in a situation of domestic violence with one of her previous boyfriends, but she never, you know, named who it was because she felt like no one would really care anyway. They would still play his music and that people would just not believe her and shame her for even bringing it up. Um, And eventually people found out that it was Sheck West. They just kind of put two and two together based on the timeline of the events. But still, she didn't comment on it publicly. She never confirmed the rumor that it was Sheck West until, um, I think it was a weekend of the Grammys, she posted lovely photos with her and Goldlink, um, who she's currently dating. And it looks, they just look so- Yes, those were really just nice. Great. Just literally so hydrated um, together. And I guess Sheck West was set off by that. Um, because they had some altercation that Justine mm-hmm. wrote about in a tweet. She said, taking a walk with my friends and my man and Sheck West, my abuser, and his friends decide to stalk us and attack my friends. Two cars full of niggas while he sat in the car like a bitch. You're pathetic, Sheck, and you beat women. You hit your girl before me and you'll do it again. And then she also posted a video of, yeah, she also posted a video Dang. of him climbing the gate into her house um, after he responded to the initial tweet saying that he didn't hit her and that she's making it all up. So she posted the video to be like, look, clearly you're stalking me. Here you are jumping over the gate of my house. Like, are you going to deny that it's you as well? As Are you going to say that it's not you in this video? Um, and he, mm-hmm. again, he was like, well, that is me in the video, but I was just coming back to get my stuff because you refused to give it to me. And she was like, refuse to give it to you. Like, I was begging you to come get your stuff. Like, but you just decided to show up and act a fool um, because you're mad. So basically, uh, just another example of a black woman suffering through violence from 
another celebrity black man um, who won't face any repercussion. People still like Mo Bamba. People are still acting like this man's talent mm-hmm. is justification for his Basically. poor actions. Um, and yeah, that's kind of the tip on top of the trash Black History yeah. Month we've been having. Basically. And I wonder, you know, how, um, and I wonder if and how uh, these like radio stations, labels or whatever are going to respond to this news. Because, you know, when, um, when, when, you know, when Nicki Minaj goes on a rant or has these antics where she calls people out or does whatever, you know, they, they, they start blackballing her. Right. But I wish they had that same energy, you know, yep. when it came to young black women being abused, you know, um, that like, and all of these people claim to have daughters and they, that they care about and they'll die, they'll die for, but clearly not for anyone else's. So, um, you know, and the thing is that with someone like Justine Sky, it's just like, she just minds her, like her brand is that she minds her business. Yeah. She could possibly be more famous if she didn't, you know, she's not the type of girl to be out here acting crazy or wilding. Like everyone knows her to be just quiet, cool to her own detriment, to be honest. So it's just like when the when she didn't admit the boy's name or she didn't say the boy's name, she spared him already. So for him to like double down on his abusiveness, even after the relationship um, had ended, you know, that's crazy, especially because like typically what you'll see from people is they'll say stuff like, oh, well, you know, she's doing it for money or attention. She has more money than him. <laughs> they'll say, oh, she's just, you know, she's just bitter yeah. because he left her. She has a new man. So like literally every reason that like people like to. <laughs> like to deny women's stories when they say they're abused. It's like, you literally couldn't do it. And so I did see, I would say that on social media, I did see a lot of people like who believed her. Um, of course there was still like a handful of folks that, um, that were like, she wants cloud or, you know, they trying to bring the black man down. So you saw that too. Um, but I would say I was, I, I was pleasantly surprised yeah, but to see that people were like, we believe. Her. Right. Exactly. You know? that was, um, but now what does that like, mean? Mm-hmm. So, Ebro yeah, in the morning may mean? believe Justine Sky, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that Mo Bamba's not going to end up in the mm-hmm. the music rotation right after. Like, mm-hmm. <sighs> right, right. And then, and then the question is like, you know, <laughs> like I think if we really did an analysis <laughs> on the music industry, we probably find that forty percent, thirty to forty percent. I'm just gonna go ahead and ballpark that. Um, have done something that if like we knew it to be true or if like listeners knew it to be true, um, I guess would be like offenses that they would need to be held accountable for. Um, and I think a lot of people don't want to go down this road of like uh, setting those, like drawing those lines in the sand because a lot of your, you know, a lot of people's faves would just be canceled or a lot of people's faves um, wouldn't really have a career if they really started digging into people's past, digging into their stories, digging into like, the ages of who people was with when you know yeah. back in the nineties, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, I feel like it, it'll open up a can of worms that nobody really wants to get into. So I think that that's why you'll continue to see this like culture of silence because it's like nobody wants to own up to their shit either. Um, Agreed. Which is fucked up. All right, this brings us to our red table talk advice column. Take it away. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, um, as you know, uh, this is our red table talk advice column section. Uh, if you don't follow the red table talk discussion group on Facebook, please do yourself a favor and follow it because it's always great in GC. Um, so this is from Kate. Um, Kate, um, the situation is as follows. She's, uh, she's in, she's a part of a marriage. Um, so 
she she wrote this kind of in like third person. I'm pretty sure it's about her, but I'm going to read it exactly as she wrote it. Married couple. Husband was caught texting with an ex two years ago about how he hated his life and how he was so unhappy in his marriage and was still in love with her, the ex. He was only staying in the marriage for the kids, one of which we one of which um, was just months old when the texts were found. The husband told this woman that he got a tattoo while married to his wife and that tattoo was inspired by her, the ex. Husband says, no, he really loves the wife and wants to stay with her. So they make the decision to work it out with the stipulation that the husband is to never have any contact with the ex again. Fast forward a year and the wife finds out later that they are Facebook friends again. So they meaning him and the ex. No proof that he is talking to her or seeing her at all. The husband says he doesn't know why they were friends again and promptly deleted her. Last night, wife found text on husband's phone to the ex, December 28th, 2018. It only says, how are you and how was your Christmas? She hasn't seen it and she hasn't responded. The problem is not her in any way. As far as anyone knows, there is no physical affair if the husband is to be believed. So he was not supposed to contact her and has twice since the original agreement was made. Are you is that me? cheating or not? Honestly, this is so complicated. <laughs> like, not yes. It's not complicated, but there are so many pieces to this story that I am like, I am just really learning that I'm probably never going to get married because this is just too complex. I would have been over it after the husband was caught (laughs) texting with an ex two years ago. Like, that's enough. We don't need to be together. (laughs) Clearly, you don't have any sense. But the back and forth (laughs) with the tattoo and the Facebook, I just don't have time to go back and forth about these things that just don't need to be happening, whether he's cheating or not. He's just not moving smart. And I feel like that should be enough to separate. Like, you don't want a partner in life who does not move in a smart way why are you adding her on facebook texting her about her christmas even if it's a physical relationship it's like you just don't make good decisions because now i have to wonder and i wouldn't have had to wonder if you just weren't doing things like this like you know what i'm saying like it's almost past the point of it's cheating it's like is he the type of person who needs to be in a relationship because he just doesn't know how to make smart decisions yeah (laughs) yeah basically you know, people, I think like the, like, okay, here's the thing. First of all, you're looking for something and you're seeking something, right? So you're looking to, you're, you're looking for something that you're clearly not prepared to find the answers to, you know what I mean? Cause it seems as though this has been going on for quite some time since you've been married. And, and it seems as though you're not enjoying the things that you're finding. And I feel like it's like, don't do that to yourself, (laughs) you know? And I feel like it's just a message to a lot of women who I see do this to themselves a lot. Like, stop looking for um, all the things that you definitely know to be true. You're just going to piss yourself off, but you know you're going to say. You know, you're you're asking, you're asking like these questions that are kind of like irrelevant. It's like, you kind of want to prove that your your biggest concern is like, does this man love someone over me? But that, I don't think that that should be really your biggest concern. Your biggest right. concern is it should be based in respect. Um, who, who cares if he loves the person? He's already shown himself uh, to be irresponsible in terms of his uh, dealing with her um, and has and has already expressed to the woman um, that he was unhappy in his marriage. He didn't, I, he, he didn't say that for no reason. 
You know what I mean? He didn't say that for no reason. So even if you chose to for, to forgive him, that came from somewhere that you don't want to really uncover. The work that you need to do has to do a lot with the husband. You have to sit down and talk to him and figure out, is this is, is this really something that he wants? Does he really want to be in a relationship? Maybe go seek a marriage counselor, go do whatever. But like looking at his Facebook to see who he's following, like that seems like a very, very stressful life um, and a life that's going to just yield results that... Um, that you're not prepared to really deal with. You're not prepared to deal with the fact. Like, now, what if you find out that, yeah, right. he really does still love this woman? What are you prepared to do? Because, you know, I'm just really tired of seeing um, this, like, this, like, fight for for men who who don't have respect for you. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. He's not fighting for you. Because if he was, he wouldn't be doing exactly what you told him not to do. And you had every reason to tell him not to do that. You did. Because you guys were married... You shouldn't have had to tell him. And you guys were just married to, I'm just going to give it, you know, give you the benefit of the doubt that you were like, damn, I already, you know, we already, the logistics of getting married is, is enough for me to be like, all right, you know, let's, let's figure this out. But he's showing you over and over and over again, um, that he's not capable of doing what it takes to actually be married. And it's just like, why are you, why are you guys getting married? Why? For what? You know, like for what? Because it's clear, clear that you're not ready. It's clear that, um, you still have some hangups from your past and um, that you're not willing to let go of. And it's just disrespectful to drag a woman um, to drag a woman through that. And I know that he may be great in every other way. You may really enjoy his company. He may be really great to your kids. And, you know, the bar for men is so low that this person is just, you know, a heaven sent maybe compared to like your 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 ex. But, um, you know, a life of just drama and a life of searching through people's Facebooks, messages, because you can't even <coughs> trust that when you ask your husband a question that he can actually tell you the truth. Nope. That doesn't really seem like a, a partnership. All right. Yeah. So um, the answer right. is, uh, who cares if he's cheating? Is he cheating? It doesn't matter. He clearly doesn't respect the relationship. <laughs> it doesn't, so who cares if he actually had sex with her? It seems like that's what you wanted to know. Like, and that's, 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 that doesn't matter. <laughs> the, the man has no respect for the okay. relationship. All right. Of the week. Moving on. <laughs> Good luck, Kate. What is the moment of the week, Addie? Hello. Well, uh, Nipsey Hussle. <laughs> Nipsey Hussle, who was uh, actually a, quite a fan favorite for Best Rap Album, um, for the 2019 Grammys, uh, we all know that Cardi B took that home, um, and a great album too on Cardi's part, but on Cardi's and there too. But I think for like the real hip hop heads, like Nipsey Hussle, really uh, created a great cohesive album um, and um, Victory Lap. So you know, shout out to him for that. Um, but in addition to that, you know, um, he's producing a documentary on Dr. Sebi, who is the herbalist um, doctor who. Um, who pretty much the government was not fucking with at all. And the reason why they were not fucking with him was because he had, he had, um, he had cured uh, hundreds of people with natural remedies and medicines. So people who come to him with cancer, diabetes, high blood pressure, um, he was able to give them holistic treatments to help uh, remedy whatever illness they came, whatever illness they came to him with. And so the U S government, um, I think he had, I think he had been brought up on charges of like fraud, um, but he those charges were overturned when he was able to when he was able to provide seventy seven testimonies um, of people who had said that and had been able to prove medically that they had like 
these illnesses that were like untreatable or uncurable and that they had actually been cured um, because of Dr. Sabi's holistic treatments. And so um, obviously, you know, the government's not really interested in people who are able to cure themselves. They'd rather, you know, charge you millions of dollars for your treatments and such. And so Dr. Sabi challenged that whole, um, that whole big pharma business. So he mysteriously died of something crazy. Like I got to double check, <laughs> but I remember reading it before. It was something crazy. Like well, pneumonia. People die of pneumonia all the time. That's not that crazy. Right. But for someone who, for someone who is a healer, you know what I mean? Who literally has remedies and treatments to everything. It's kind of weird, right? It's kind of weird that like he would just yeah. mysteriously die of like pneumonia. Like if it was like maybe if he died of like old age or like I don't know. So people there's been conspiracy that he was murdered. Um and pneumonia is typically the way they do it. <laughs> so they, that's typically the um the cover up death. Because then people can say, yeah, 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 it was, it was pneumonia. So um, maybe maybe it simply just was that. But you never really know. Um, so pretty much, you know, he's someone who's not really talked about a lot. But um, Lisa Lefkai Lopez had a, a great relationship with him. Um, and um, and just a lot of, like, celebrities, Black celebrities um, back then knew him and uh, supported his work. So, do, uh, so Nipsey Hussle is producing a documentary on him. So we're really excited to see that. And to see that story really be brought to light. Um, that's a story that a lot of people uh, don't know about unless, you know, <laughs> you, unless you dabble in herbs, <laughs> but um, I'm looking forward to to seeing that. Also, Nipsey Hussle has been, uh, has pretty much like brought up Crenshaw and has created like mixed income development um, opportunities for people that he's grown up with, business owners to make money and to um, continue to profit off of their small businesses. He's been, uh, he's really buying the block. So I think that's really dope and a great example to set for um, other people of means, particularly Black people of means um, in this celebrity Hollywood Love it. industry. Okay. We're going to end with a quick mm. recap of the other you know, notable things that have happened and what we're looking forward to. So we start with a music roundup. Yes. So last week was the 10-year anniversary of So Far Gone, which was Drake's second project after his first which was called comeback season but nobody really listens to that so it's often considered his first project um it just crazy that's been 10 years because I now feel very old I remember listening to Drake promoting himself on MySpace like that's how long it's been um so that was cute to celebrate that now Mm -hmm. you can actually stream that project on Apple Music and Spotify so they're you know bringing it back um, James Blake's album actually came out. Oh, go yeah, ahead. I was in like high school. <laughs> oh, no, I was just saying like, I was like a senior in high school, I think when that came out. So like, and then I was just going to college. So that was like a album. I think it, meant, it actually did mean a lot to everybody. Cause it just like, for whatever reason, everyone right. could connect it to some like point in their life that they listen to that album and it, Agreed. but they associate it with certain memories. He's come so, so far. Shout out to him. For it's very crazy. That body of work. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so James Blake album, James Blake's album came out. I want to say like the mid middle of January, but I hadn't heard it until like one or two weeks ago. And it's so good. Highly recommend that everyone go check it out. It's called assume form. 
He has Travis Scott on the album. He has Andre 3000 on the album. It's just so good. And he's like very much in love with his, I think they're engaged now. or Maybe they're just still dating, but his girlfriend is a character on The Good Place, a show that I haven't seen, but I heard it's really good. And they're just very much in love. So it's a very cute album about how obsessed he is with her. And you rarely hear mm-hmm. men, you know, talk about love. So really good. Um, Kalani's mix. Yeah. Especially with his, his voice. Synths, he's just a very, very good musician. Um, yeah. Kalani's mixtape also came out recently. I think it mm-hmm. came out yesterday or the day before. Um, it's good. Check it out. She's great. She has a new baby. Um, or she's pregnant still. I don't know if she's had the baby yet. But she's with child. Okay. Yeah, she's yeah, with child in some capacity. Mm-hmm. She's in a flourishing relationship, it seems like. And she's just adorable. Mm-hmm. So I like the mixtape. I think y'all should listen to it. Um, Cardi B also dropped two songs recently. She did a remix to Tatiana, um, which the original Tatiana song is by someone named Blueface, who raps around the beat, I think I would say. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's a smash song, so, and her remix is cute. So check that out. She also has a song with Bruno Mars called Please Me, which is good. Bruno Mars is singing you know, his ass off, as he likes to do. Um, and it's catchy, poppy. Um, and then Young Ma or Young M.A., I'm not sure. I'm really not sure how to say it. Um, young Young Ma also released um, a remix of Tatiana, mm-hmm. which is nice because we rarely get new music from her. Um, it's always like a random video that she'll put out on YouTube. So this is another one of those. Yeah, she's the she's dope freestyler, and uh, I just want to hear more 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 from her. You know, she's always she's always with uh, the baddest the baddest <laughs> Instagram models. So I want to see. Okay. I want to see what else she okay. has in store. And then uh, Deezus and Mara are back. Ugh, I'm obsessed with them. They Their new late night show um, premiered on Showtime on Thursday. And so it comes on every Thursday. I think it's 30 minutes. And they do like sketch comedies. It's honestly like the Dave Chappelle show. But like mm-hmm. in 2019, um, they do like sketches and stuff. So I'm super happy for them. I feel like I know even though I don't, I met Jesus once. I oh, almost okay. cried. Um, but I don't know them. But I feel so in their success, and so I'm very happy <laughs> that they're doing well. Um, yeah, they're awesome. And then the yeah. last, yeah, yeah. Also, I have a question. Like, um, like because I heard about some controversy with like Vice when they like they let oh, Vice yeah. know that we're gonna finish our contract. And um and that they're gonna be moving to Showtime and then like Vice was like petty about yeah, it. Yeah, so was basically like, well, they go. is that true? They still had because the Showtime show, like I said, didn't start until like Thursday. I'm pretty sure Deces and Mero stopped coming on sometime in like October or September. Um, and so they had told them, yeah, we're not gonna renew with y'all, but we'll finish out our contract before we go to Showtime. And Vice was like, y'all could keep it. So like they they just the show just stopped coming on like they didn't even mm-hmm. contact it just like cut off cold turkey uh-huh. and then um, I think it was the president advice was like no one's basically no one's gonna pay for Showtime anyway so they fumbled that they tried it like black people aren't gonna be buying oh, Showtime they regardless. tried it <laughs> so <laughs> that's what they said mm-hmm. but basically. you can get Showtime through 
um, the Jesus and Marrow like promo code for 99 cents for the first six months. And then it's $5 a month after that. Oh, so they did not fumble. The okay. Bag. Well, there they, we go. They're still lit. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then the last thing for me is that Lyft is offering free rides to black historical sites. So if you go to their website, you can see which ones are eligible for your city. But I know in Atlanta, for example, you can get a free lift to the Center for Civil and Human Rights. You can get a free lift to the MLK Center. So they're trying to do their part to help us stay educated about Black history, which I appreciate. Yeah. Awesome. And um, speaking of keeping us educated, we have um, Ryan Coogler, which I just want to... We, we need a, a sound clap uh, feature here in season two. Get on it. <laughs> um, but just shout out to him because he's uh, producing a documentary on Fred Hampton, who um, was one of the leaders of the Black, Panth- Black Panther Party, uh, who was like, he was brought up on like false charges. He had been you know targeted by the FBI and all of this is on record. Um and, you know, if you, if anyone knows about the Black Panther Party, you know, you know that they did a lot of great work in the community in terms of giving Black people the means and the tools to defend themselves, but also uh, helping the community with health care, uh, free education, and just doing what the government should have been doing and uh, getting murdered and harassed for it. So uh, Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya is, gonna, uh, is going to be... Uh, is going to uh, play Fred Hampton in this new up and coming um, feature. And I'm just Thank happy you. that Ryan Coogler exists. And um, I'm just so happy with all of like the excellent stories that are being brought to life. Uh, it reminds me of like what Lena Waithe said uh, in one of her interviews, she was just like, you know, if, if you don't, if you don't tell your story, they'll tell it for you. And I think it's really dope to see like all these black people, taking this opportunity in the platform that they have with the attention that they have, especially someone like Ryan Coogler, who's basically a Hollywood favorite to tell the stories that matter to them, to tell the stories that matter to us and matter to our people. Um, because when you know your history, you know, there's only so much they can do to you. Um, and that shout knowledge is power. Him. So shout that out to him That was beautiful. And it brings us to the end of episode <laughs> four, you know? Yeah. Me, me, Great. Cause me, I have to pee. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like shaking in my seat. We do all of this, yeah. guys, off the dome. We don't stop. Us, we don't take no breaks. We got no writing. This is us. Um, <laughs> I literally, I just had to stand up because Basically. I was like, if I don't, I'm going to just pee myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it's not just me. Maybe the next one we need to insert a, a, a yeah. pee break. We're both getting old. You know, our bladders can't be. Can't be Send us money. Send us money so we can record in the studio with a real engine. So we can take bathroom breaks and we can have transitions and stuff and we can have great audio because on that should be your contribution to Black History Month. Send us money. Okay. There we go. Okay. So we can go to the bathroom. I'm going to wrap this up. We'll catch you next time. Stay safe. Stay Black.